Hi, I'm David Reynolds from Grove Racing. Every time we hit the track, we rely on Gates premium parts to help us perform under extreme conditions. Serpentine, cooling and timing systems are crucial to your engine performance. Inspecting and replacing all system components at the same time will ensure your vehicle is ready to tackle any challenge. Protect your ride with Gates. Available from Repco, Napa Auto Parts, Super Cheap and reputable auto stores. G'day, this is the Gates Revolimiter Summer Series with Andrew Clark. Hello race fans. And yours truly, Neville Wilkinson. In this series, we review each team of the 22 season. But it's a big job, so to help us, we've enlisted auto action owner and managing editor Bruce Williams to help us unpack it all. So without further chit chat, welcome to the Gates Rev Limiter Auto Action Supercar Teams Review. Action team review, which is in the latest issue of Auto Action, and I'm joined by Andrew Clark and the publisher of Auto Action, Bruce Williams. Guys, we're talking about Team 18. Ranked sixth, Mark Winterbottom, you scored him a B, he finished ninth, and Scott Pye, he also scored a B, or ranked B, and he finished in 13th. Okay, explain that one to me, Clarkie. Uh, well, Scott Pye missed two complete races um, for, through crashes that probably weren't his fault necessarily. I mean, certainly that one in um, in Perth when Jack LeBrock spun him into the fence. I mean, you know, that's the sort of thing, you know, that just shouldn't happen in a sense. So, you know, he was a bit unlucky. Um, in fact, very unlucky. So there's four races where he really didn't get any points. Um, so that's why he finished well down the order. I thought overall, you know, Scott Pye's season was was good. It wasn't great. It wasn't bad. It was just okay. Uh, and it's pretty much the same with Frosty. You know, we saw at times that the speed is kind of still there. You know, he's not the qualifying demon he was at his peak. Um, but, you know, he's still putting together reasonable speed and he's still putting together reasonable races. Uh, and if Scott Pye hadn't had those, you know, those two major incidents, you know, he, he probably would have got better in the championship as well. So for me, it was bees all around. But, um, you know, um, we'll see what Bruce thinks. Well, Bruce, do you think Mark Winterbottom really drove to expectations? Look, I think you've got to put it into context. Charlie's Team 18 is a pretty small organisation. They're probably really one of the only full customer spec teams on the grid. They run Triple Eight equipment. I'm sure they get a bit of engineering support from from Triple Eight. Andrew touched on Scott Pye. People, you know, it was only a couple of weeks ago that Scott Pye qualified on the front row of the grid for the Saturday instalment of the Adelaide 500 and was running a, so, a strong second until they had a power steering issue, and uh, which they thought they'd fixed, but that actually ultimately brought him undone on um, Sunday's race as well. But you can't underestimate the the two DNFs and which led to two do not starts. I mean those. That's a huge chunk of points that you lose by not finishing a race and then not starting a race the next day. It's it's a massive points loss. We actually scored um, Scotty 16th. He finished 16th in the championship. But I've said this to Charlie a few times. They really do deserve a little bit of luck. And if there's one team on the grid that seems to somehow involve themselves in, I don't know, I don't know that luck's a, a thing in motor racing, but somehow involve themselves in trouble or things go wrong, it's, it seems to be Charlie's team. Charlie's a great guy. He's always pleasant. He's always enthusiastic to have a chat. You know, Mark Frosty's been around for a long time. Has he passed his peak? Possibly. But, you know, again, quite often they're, they're a long way further forward than some other fancied runners. And as we've said, if, if Scott Pye hadn't have had 
some crashes and mechanical issues for both of them along the way and power steering issues seem to be a problem for those cars, then who knows where they might have finished. So B is not a fail, it's a solid. Yeah, but the power steering stuff's been blighting that team for ages. I mean, it's got pie missed Bathurst effectively last year because of it as well. So, you know, we don't want to look there. But, you know, as you say, it's a small team, um, you know, based just around the corner from the auto action offices, which is good. So we've finally been around to see them, given they're our near neighbours. Um, they've got Richard Holway from, you know, from the peak of his HRT days was one of the gun engineers. So, you know, they've got some good people behind there. But I think as a small team, when things go wrong, like those two big crashes to Scott Pye, that becomes a bit of an obstacle. Like that's a big job for a small team to start fixing pretty badly damaged cars. And, uh, you know, that is a lot. They don't thing. have the luxury of a spare car. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they don't have the luxury of, you know, 10 people they can put on there while the other 10 people are doing other things. So, you know, it, it's hard for a small team when that happens. And, uh, but I, I think from what they've got and for what they do, I think they do really, really well. You know, we're, we're always knocking on the door. We're always expecting a little bit more from them, but, uh, that luck element comes in and we um, don't see it. Uh, that Scott Pye being second uh, at the Adelaide 500, that, that looked like a true second as well. That wasn't a fluke or anything. Does that bode well for the team? Like, okay, they're changing cars, so like they kind of come at the end of the old car. But I tell you what, are we underestimating Scott Pye? Um, there's always a risk to underestimate Scott Pye in that sense because he's kind of been a bit of a journeyman in a way. We've never really, you know, seen that great performances come out of them. We, the most of us think he actually does have inside him. Um, certainly, the speed at Adelaide, yeah, that was real, absolutely real, because it wasn't just Scott. Frosty was quick as well. Um, Scott just did a better job in the in the qualifying, and you know, hence his his second on the grid, which was uh, his best qualifying from the year. Um, you know, he only qualified in the top 10, 14 times for the season, so. You know, to get one on the front row, uh, that was really awesome. Um, and interestingly, you know, when you look at Mark Winterbottom's figures, like he qualified in the top 10 less than Scott Pye did. You know, but, you know, he got the results in the race. More consistent. More. Well, yep, just maybe that little bit of aged wiseness, you know, where, you know, we just got a little bit more experience to stay out of the trouble that's appearing around us. Um, you know, we've spoken about that with a couple of the other guys, whether it's your James Courtney's or people like that who just seem to be magnets for trouble. You know, maybe Scott Pye this year was a bit of a magnet for trouble and Frosty wasn't, and hence he got more points. Bruce, moving forward, 2023, is, is it still going to be the same setup, customer cars? It, the only level playing field is everybody's got the same car to start with, but is it still going to be the same for this team? This is This is where they sit in the championship order? Next year changes dramatically with Gen 3. There's... Unless you buy a complete turnkey car from someone like Triple Eight, there's no real customer cars because um, the cars are made up of of components sourced from lots of different areas. You know the chassis come from um, the control. Most of the teams are running the control chassis that is um, supplied by by supercars. Comes out of um, Pace Engineering in Queensland. Uh, unless you're Erebus, obviously build their own. Triple Eight as such, are only supplying a handful of components to the competitors this year. You know, these guys will be building their own cars. They've sourced some particular staff to help them accumulate the parts. So these guys will be building their own cars. And that's, you know, that that's a different scenario to, to what Charlie has been doing previously where he would have bought complete cars and then, you know, obviously relied on the engineering componentry from AAA. So, again... There's an opportunity for a smaller team like this, given that they don't have to do engineering and development and all that sort of stuff, that during the course of the year, 
they could pull a, pull a surprise result. I mean, there's no reason why, you know, Scott or, or Frosty couldn't win races next year, given that they start with a clean sheet of paper. The only teams that have probably got any advantage over the others at the moment is is Triple Eight and DJR, who have done a little bit of development. And while they might not have the data, they certainly know what they've been doing when it comes to making the cars work. Would Erebus be allowed to sell chassis? Absolutely. Or they are. They, so it's not down to these are the prescribed chassis sellers. Anybody could make a chassis for, for another team. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't think Erebus want to do that. They see yeah. that as oh, a I'm not saying they yeah, will. They see it as a bit of a bonus. Um, but that said, you know, your question when you look at it is, you know, what do you actually get out of doing that? Um, so, you know, Charlie's design and his whole setup has always been around buying all the parts in and then just trying to put it together better than other people. Um, and it hasn't quite worked yet, but uh, as Bruce says, you know, Charlie's a top bloke. Um, I think everybody in pit lane would love to see him, you know, win that race that he want, that, that he's waiting for. Um, you know, and obviously he was part of DJR when James Courtney won the championship and then that all fell apart then and he took number 18 and created Team 18 from there. Um, he's building up slowly to it. You know, he's not spending the world. He's um, he's spending enough. Um, he's always said that, you know, it's a, it's a business. He's not sinking truckloads of his own money or his business money into it. It's got to pay its way. You know, he's got sponsors lined up for next year, locked away, which is good. You know, we know they're on the grid. We know they've got what, what they've got. So no reason why they can't actually jump up and snag a win or two here and there because, you know, Frosty certainly got the experience to get the most out of this new car. And Scott Pye, we know he's good enough. So, you know, let's just wait and see. What's interesting, speaking of sponsorship, Andrew, is um, Frosty's uh, grab the colours that uh, Scott Pye's been running. So next year, Frosty will be in the um, yellow and black colours of DeWalt. So um, we're yet to see what colours Scott Pye's car will be, but Frosty's um, going to be driving with DeWalt colours next year. I can't wait till all the liveries start getting released. As the art, as an artie, farty, I love the liveries. Yeah, all of those war paint stories you made me do in the old days. <laughs> they sold the best. Do they they sold the best. Do we do war paint stories, Bruce? We do sometimes if someone wants to cooperate. <laughs> Yeah, no, these days they rely on their social media for that instead of proper journalists, don't they? Oh, heaven forbid. You know, they might get 23 or 24 likes when they put it up and outscoop everybody on their own social media channel. That's just me being bitter and twisted, so don't worry about it. But anyway, so back to Team 18 for a second. You know, like um, we do think, you know, Team 18 have got the structures in place to actually do something next year. So, you know, they've been knocking on the door for a while. Um, power steering the problems, as, as Bruce said earlier, like that's let them down so many times in the last few years. We know it was a weak point of the old Commodores anyway. Um, this year, you know, everybody's going to have the same bit. So the Fords and, and the Mustang and the Commodores, so Camaros, are all going to have the same equipment underneath. So it'll be the same power steering. It'll be the same everything. So, you know, if there's going to be a weakness, everybody should suffer at the same rate. Yeah, I think, um, again, it comes down to looking forward to Team 18. If they can um, get the cars set up and get them pretty right, there's no reason why a team like them couldn't win races next year at all. So don't be surprised if they do. Each week, find out what the men behind the V8 News know and what the drivers and teams are going to do next. It's interviews and opinions on Inside Supercars. My predecessor, Roland Dane, did a very, very good job. We're no longer shareholders of the build business. 
personally, I think a 500 in the build-up to the 1,000 is, is a good thing. Tune in for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars.